What's good, visionaries? This is episode one of Calm Conversations About Learning, and I appreciate you for bringing your ear right here. Wait, I hope that it's okay that I refer to you as visionaries because that's what's up on this podcast. We're leaning in to re-envision our children's education through insightful and humanizing perspectives with the folks who matter most parents, teachers, and of course, our young folks. And today, we're going to get the re-envisioning party started with a conversation about teachable moments. So let's put on our dancing shoes. So I love teachable moments. You know, those moments when you're doing something and a life lesson grows out of it in the classroom. Teachable moments tend to occur when students are learning a concept or idea and the teacher uses that lesson as an opportunity to offer an insight or connection that the students can view from a different angle or make sense of in real life context. Teachable moments were most powerful for my students and me when it wasn't pre-planned, but literally in the moment. It was like there was this huge light bulb lighting up the entire class. But in this episode, I'd like to explore another type of teachable moment, the kind that creeps up on you as you're learning a new skill, a skill that's so challenging that you've convinced yourself that you'll never, ever master it. And while you're tripping about not knowing how, the teachable moment, well, it tiptoes up behind you and pow, you find that you're actually doing the thing that, according to you, you could not do. Can you remember the last time you had this kind of teachable moment? It's richer and deeper somehow because it comes from within like this rush of aha and hmm. Yeah, turns out you're not only doing the thing, you're presented with some insight about who you are and what you're made of. This is what today's conversation is about, how those internal teachable moments can be critical to creating a vision. I'm going to share how getting calm helped me create a vision for the educational experiences that I wanted for my students. But here's the thing about calm. It wasn't just a word that I used to get my students into a state of Zen, though we did have a mindfulness routine. Tell you about that in another episode. Calm is actually an acronym for check-in, agenda, lesson, and management. The four pillars that defined my best practices in the classroom and now drive this podcast. Now, I wasn't always calm. Like most new teachers and homeschooling parents, I often got bogged down with the how-to strategies of teaching and, well, we'll talk about that. But for now, Let me take you back to my first inner teachable moment. Well, it started in a little village. (laughs) Okay, okay. So it wasn't in a little village. It was on the south side of Chicago. But the neighborhood was sort of small. Anyway, it was on the south side of Chicago. And I, a late bloomer, was learning to ride a bike. Never you mind what I mean when I say late bloomer. Let's just say 
I was a little older when my mother surprised me with this big tan huffy bicycle that apparently had no training wheels. And yes, I did ask for training wheels. I would climb onto this tall metal monster only to pedal, wobble, and fall off. This little engine that could not and did not want to repeated this ritual for what seemed like months. No matter how much I cried, scanned an elbow or knee, or feigned a stomach ache, my mother was a broken record. Get up, get back on. Get up, get back on. Get up, get back. Until finally, she started playing this new tune. She said I could either learn to ride the bike or get a whooping every day till I learned. At that point, I was officially in my head believing that I was too clumsy, too uncoordinated to ride a bike. And, well, honestly, I was not the most graceful swan in the pond. And years later, it would be said that I was the only Black girl on the South Side with no rhythm. So once my mother put this deal on the table, I just went ahead and began surrendering to the promise of a daily appointment with her extension cord. Yet, sniveling and snotting it up, I climbed up onto that blasted bike one more time. I gripped the handlebars, placed a foot on each pedal, and wobble, wobble, my little body on the bike went just like every other time. I prepared to tumble over, and in my hopelessness, I... For some reason, I threw up my hands, wobble, wobble, my body and bike went. But then it was crazy. It was like a BFF who didn't want to see me get a butt whipping. My bike stayed upright. My hands were still in the air and my feet were still in the pedals. And I was riding and in a straight line. I I think I was even gliding even. But my mind had been churning with defeat so habitually that I couldn't even believe what I was feeling until I heard my mother yelling and clapping. Every day that I had been telling myself that I couldn't ride a bike, I'd been in the practice of doing the thing. Crazy, huh? After that miraculous afternoon, bike riding became like this high for me, learning to do small but mighty wheelies, racing the neighborhood boys down motorcycle hill, whether it was my bike or a borrowed bike, I was transported in both body and spirit in a way that I could never have imagined. My teachable moment showed up as a lesson in trusting myself and trusting the process. And this, unfortunately, was a lesson I'd learned over and over and over again. (laughs) Many years later, teaching would bring another big teachable moment about trust. Again, I had been a late bloomer, and I often felt clumsy and uncoordinated as a teacher. I read book after book on the art and science of teaching, searching for those training wheels again, and there I was. (laughs) Surprise, surprise, pedaling, wobbling, and falling. I cried so many days driving home from school during my first year of teaching that it was a wonder I didn't get into a car accident. But each night, each week, Each month and during breaks and holidays, I'd get up and get on it. The lesson planning, the reflecting upon what worked and what didn't work. Eventually, I began to realize that this thing called professional development, it was cool and all, but there was this other thing called 
doing development. Remembering my look ma no hands experience helped me to understand that while I didn't know everything about teaching and learning, and I never would, I knew what I knew. And by practicing the art and science of teaching in real situations, in real time with my very real students, I was getting to know a little more each and every day. So I guess you could say that the calm pillars grew sort of organically and ironically. And because they're so simple yet powerful and empowering, I chose to bring these four pillars to the podcast. Because I believe that visionaries, well, we need structures to support our work. Structures that consistently remind us that when we trust ourselves, when we trust our process, we become free. Not from someone or something, but towards a better, more expanded version of ourselves, which quite frankly makes for a better, more expanded vision. So get ready to lean in next Monday for a bonus episode that breaks down what the calm pillars mean, why they matter, and how they look when in motion. And the most exciting part? Well, we're going to start talking about how to bring voice to your vision. Wait, what? Yep, that's right. But until it's that time, and all in the between time, stay well, stay wonderful, and stay calm. Thank you.